0: morning spirit of god we ask you to minister to us in a fresh way minister to us in a way that's relevant uh go beyond the preparation of the minister and uh minister life to us this morning in jesus name amen hallelujah turn our bibles uh, to the book of uh, matthew uh chapter 19 this morning we've been talking about love and we've been talking about marriage um you just take me down a little bit guys we've been talking about love and we've been talking about marriage and um We've been seeking instruction um, from the Word of God. Let's turn to Matthew 19. I'll I'll continue where I left off last week. Now, you know, it's an unfolding story. Um, The interesting thing about a series is that you're not going to get it all in one session okay, so reserve judgment until the end of the series, you know, I got a lot of love from the, from the women last week, after the service, you know, a lot of wives came up to me and said, pastor, you know, thank you, thank you for that sermon, you know, and a lot of guys were looking at me with, uh, you know, they weren't, weren't, I didn't feel the love as I, I normally do, you know, normally, it's usually a high five and a low five, but last week it was just a high five. They didn't, they didn't complete the cycle, you know. So reserve judgment until the end of the series. Um, we're, we're looking at different aspects to it. You know, the word of God is always balanced. Yeah, the word of God is living and powerful and is sharper than any two-edged sword. It's, it's balanced. Uh, but you need to look at the whole word. Amen. Uh, and I'm, I'm spending a lot of time talking about men uh, and I'm giving it a lot of priority you know why that is? Because men are the heads of their homes. Okay. Um, so I, I need to spend time talking about the guys uh, and what God expects of men. And then next week I am going to talk about women, but I'm, I'm fortunately, I'm going to be talking about men again today. All right. Because we, we need to, to understand what God requires of us. Because if we don't, this is what will be the result. In Matthew 19.3, the Pharisees also came to him, testing him and saying to him, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason? Now, these were guys that weren't looking for a way to have a healthy marriage. They were looking for a way to get out of it. Look at verse 7. After Jesus spoke to them, he, he, then, then they said in verse 7, Then they said to him, why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? These are men that were looking for what? A way out. Look down at verse 10. After Jesus explained to them that, you know, the way things are at the moment, um, and not how God ordained it from the beginning. God said, in the beginning, a man will leave his, his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. Divorce is not God's plan. Divorce is not God's will. It is God's plan for you to have an exciting and joyful marriage. Look at verse 10. They said, the disciples concluded after, after hearing all Jesus had to say, The Bible says the disciples said to him, If such is the case of a man and his wife, it is better not to marry. Their perception of marriage was so negative, was so twisted that it said, You know, if there's no way out of it, listen, I better not get involved in it at all. In verse 8, Jesus said, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. From the beginning, it was not so. God's intention of mar- for marriage was a blessing, not a curse. His intention for marriage was a union where both man and woman, both man and wife would be nourished by it and enjoy the beauty of it for the rest of their lives I'm gonna do a five-minute recap I'll keep your marker in Matthew 19 but look at Genesis 127 you know we're gonna be looking at the same verses we looked at last week but we're gonna be looking at them from a slightly different perspective you know the Word of God is, is multifaceted and as you keep looking at it, you, skip, you keep getting more of the glory of God. Verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over, ca- over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. The word man there is not speaking about a particular gender. The word man there in the Hebrew uh, is best translated mankind. And we can see this from the text because it says God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So there's a male man and there's a female man. Everybody here. So he's speaking about mankind. He says, God created mankind and he created them male and female. Verse 28 says, Then God blessed them, mankind, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and subdue, um, sub, um, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every creeping thing that moves on the earth. And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose fruit yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Look at verse 31. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was what? Very good. So evening and morning were the sixth day. You know, God did not declare the creative activity good until man and woman had been created and until he had introduced the marriage union. Do you see that there? You know, Genesis chapter 2 gives us an expansion of what happened in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 2 gives you um, the detail of the activities that took place on the sixth day. Yeah? Because what happened on the sixth day was that God um, um, reached out into the dust of the earth and he formed the body of man. And then he breathed into man um, the breath of life and man became a living being. And God saw that it was not good that man should be alone. So on the sixth day, he allowed the man to go into a deep sleep and then he took out of the side of the man a rib, and from the rib, he formed the body of a woman and then breathed the female into her. He breathed himself into that female body. And then he brought the woman to the man. And the man said, look, this is the one I want. This is bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman because she has come out of man. And then God blessed them. Are you with me? The female was not an afterthought. The female was God's intention because without the female, the man could not be blessed. Everybody here. Because without the female, the race will not be propagated. Without the female, there was something missing in the man. God created the woman. And then when they came together, God said, yes, it is very good. Are you with me? And then he blessed them and gave them dominion. You know, people that preach that the dominion was given to uh, the man are not telling you the truth. Are you with me? Because God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and subdue the earth. So marriage was created by God and the pronouncement of God over the first marriage was that it was very good it was very good it was not intended to be something that people are clamoring to get out of or are afraid to get into look back at uh, Matthew 19 Jesus was uh, expanding on this same thought in verse 4 when he answered and said have you not read that he made them at the beginning male and female. He made them at the beginning male and female. You know, they came to him and said, you know, can we get rid of our wives as easily as we want? He said, no, no, you are, you are missing something. You are missing your greatest strength. You are missing your greatest power. You are missing something that God has blessed you with to enhance your life. Have you not heard that in the beginning, God didn't create just the man. He created them male and female. And said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and the two will become one flesh. The joining of male and female into the one flesh relationship was meant to be a blessing. I said this a few weeks ago. That leaving our father and mother connotes a change of priority on the part of the husband. Being joined to our wives has the idea of passion and permanence. Being one flesh speaks about sexual union, speaks about procreation, speaks about spiritual and emotional intimacy. Now, why would anybody be seeking to leave something that gives them physical and emotional intimacy, that gives them fulfillment, that gives them a sense of permanence and security. So clearly what is happening is that we have a marriage certificate, but we are not approaching marriage from a one flesh relationship. Everybody here. We've got the certificate, but we're not joining to our wives or our husbands. We are not becoming one flesh. We've got a certificate that says that that's what we want to do, but we are not doing it because we have not learned from the word how God has ordered these things to be. We come into a marriage with a selfish agenda. We want the benefit of being married, but we don't want to serve each other. We've got our priorities wrong. You know, last week I looked at a verse of Scripture in Proverbs that says that a man's foolishness destroys his life, but yet he blames the Lord. We are blaming the Lord for a lot of things that have nothing to do with Him, but the fact that we have refused to submit our hearts to what the Word of God has to say about how to do this thing right. And it's not just men, it is men and women. So what we are endeavoring to do through this series is for us to examine the mind of God concerning us and our roles as husbands and as wives. So look at um, Ephesians chapter 5. If you weren't here past couple of weeks, uh, we have our messages loaded on the website, highlifechurch.com. Because we're going to be covering new ground today. Ephesians chapter 5. Let's start from verse 15. Because this sets the context of the whole passage. Now, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus, and in verse 15, Ephesians 5, it says, See that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of the Lord. So he's talking about how you and I are meant to relate to each other as the body of Christ. He says, don't be a fool, walk wisely. He says, learn to submit to one another in reverence to God. And then he continues that thought by saying, wives, submit to your own husbands. As unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church. Notice he didn't say women submit to men. He said, wives, submit to your own husbands. You know, people have, for whatever reason, come up with the, um, they, they've taken this verse to mean, you know, um, women should submit to men. No, that is not the truth. Have you not heard that in the beginning he created them what? Male and female. Have you not heard in the beginning that he blessed them and gave them power to have dominion and feel the earth? He said, the church, as the body of Christ, learn to submit to one another in the fear of God. Submit to one another in the fear of God. It's not just about your own agenda. Learn to walk the sacrifice of love. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands. As unto the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife. As also Christ is the head of the church and He savior of the body you know i was looking at my bible and in in my bible i've got a study bible um the new king james uh spiritual bible i recommend it highly um do buy one if you want uh, a good study bible i was just looking at the uh, the comment made about the word submitting to one another here and it says submission is taking the divinely ordered place in a relationship Submission is taking the divinely ordered place in a relationship. A wife submitting to her husband is not because the husband is better than her. A wife submitting to her husband is a wife that is taking her divinely ordered place in the relationship. And when you take your divinely ordered place in a relationship, you will experience the divinely ordered blessing. Everybody here. When you take the divinely ordered place in a relationship, you will experience the divinely ordered blessing. As I said last week, submission can never be required by one human being of another. It is given voluntarily as a basis on the basis of trust. You are submitting voluntarily on the basis of trust. It says the husband is the head of the wife as Christ also is the head of the church. You know, we explained this last week that the way the husband demonstrates that he is head of the wife. Is the same way Christ demonstrated being the head of the church by sacrificing his life for her. Um, The man is the initiator. The woman is the responder. That is what the word of God teaches. That is what the word of God says. Um, And we'll talk later on about how a woman should act when her husband is not doing what the word of God says he should do. You know, submission to a husband is the woman's or the wife's divinely ordered position. You know, sometimes people say, well, you know, I want to be my own person. Yes, you are free to be your own person, but then don't expect the divinely ordered blessing. Amen. Look at verse 25. It says, husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. You know, when a man loves his wife as Christ loved the church, the woman will find it easier to submit to her husband. Because the way we submit to Christ as the church of Jesus Christ is in response to his love. Amen. Anybody here ever give, it, give their lives to Christ without knowing that he loved them? Yeah, Jesus went to the cross first, didn't he? So as a man, what shows you are a man is that you take the first move. You make the first step. Hallelujah. You take the first step. That is what it means to be a man. Jesus took the first step in stepping out of glory to come and die for us. Now let's look at some new stuff. Verse 25 says husbands love your wife just as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her that he may sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word that he may present her to himself a glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing but that she should be uh, glory and she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. You know, um, Jesus didn't point out the faults in the church. The Bible says that Jesus recognized that the church was with spot and wrinkle. And because of that, he took action to redeem the church by going to the cross to die for us. As a husband, don't point out the faults in your wife. Yes, she has faults. And she actually knows what those faults are. As Christ covers the church with his glory. A husband is meant to cover his wife with his glory. You know the book of Proverbs chapter 10 verse 12 says that um, um, love covers all sins. The reason why God has given you that woman is not because she is perfect. But as an example of Christ, you cover her imperfections with your love. Give her what she needs to flourish. Cherish her and nourish her as you do your own body. You know, whenever any part of your body is weak, whenever any part of your body is deficient, Every other part of the body moves quickly to protect, to cover, to nourish, to nurture, to restore, to health. The Bible says that Jesus saw the church in need of help. And he didn't blame the church and say, you know, you guys get your stuff right, get your act right. I'm not going to come back for you until you sort yourselves out. He went to the cross and paid the price to be able to present that church to himself Without spot or wrinkle. Verse 28 says. So husbands ought to love their own wives. As their own bodies. Just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body. Of his flesh. And of his bones. For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother. And be joined to his wife. And the two shall become one flesh. You know nobody hates his own flesh. But cherishes and nourishes it guys have you found out yet what nourishes and cherishes i mean, what nourishes your wives you know i said uh, last week that there are five languages of love um it could be uh it could be quality time that really nourishes her it could be words of affirmation it could be gifts or um acts of service or physical touch anyone discovered you don't need to put your hands up anyone taking the time to find out what it is that nourishes your wife uh what language of love she speaks? You know, I asked Anita this, and she said, you know, she's multilingual. Yeah? She says I'm multilingual. Yes, you might be multilingual, but there's a primary language of communication. Are you with me? Yeah? Have you taken out the time? The Bible says that the, the Lord nourishes and cherishes. not just treasure you, but he gives you things that cause you to flourish. Yeah? And, and, and through the study of our wives, we will understand, and through communication or effective communication we will understand what it is that causes them to flourish rather than pointing out their faults the bible says take your time to help her flourish amen look at first peter chapter 4 first peter chapter 4 verse 1 On first investigation, it might seem like an odd verse to read in this context. But just hang out with me for a minute. First Peter chapter 4, verse 1 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves also with the same mind. For he who has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. Now, the Bible says that the husband is an example of Jesus Christ. Now the Bible says that Jesus suffered in the flesh in order to redeem us. And it says that you and I as husbands need to arm ourselves with the same attitude. Now, I mean, this message is not for whims. This message is for men. Are you with me? This message is for people who want to be husbands. It's for the real men. It says arm yourself with the same attitude or the same mind that just as Christ suffered in the flesh, I will approach my marriage with the attitude that I am willing to suffer in the flesh. Now, what does that mean? It means that I am willing, instead of living for myself, I am willing to do things to nourish the other person, even though it doesn't come to me naturally. Everybody here. I am willing to... Make the suffering of love, which might be inconvenient to my face. You know, and and this is what a smart guy does. You know, when Jesus went to the cross, the Bible says that that, um, that, that he despised the shame, but he went to the cross with something in mind. He went through the, the pain and the anguish of the cross because he knew that on the other side of the cross, there'll be glory. He knew that on the other side, there will be thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of people that will come into Christ as a result of his sacrifice. A man that arms himself with the same attitude that, you know, I am willing to suffer in the flesh for my wife in order to nourish her, is a man that understands that when he does that and takes the first move and makes the sacrifice of love, that woman is going to get to a point where she begins to respond to it, just like Christ uh, of the church responds to Jesus Christ. You know... Sending your wife flowers is never something that comes naturally to most guys. Most guys would rather just take her out for a football match. Yeah. Um, Taking out, you know, you know, you know, you know, the guys, guys, guys always say things like, you know, I'm working very hard for the family. Yeah. And we do. But let me tell you a secret. Yeah. Most of the guys that enjoy their jobs, they are working hard, but they are loving it. Uh, are you with me? It is not that hard. It is not that hard, really. Yeah? It, is, it takes a lot of effort. It takes a lot of concentration. But guys are in the bars when they're in their flow. Yeah? They could stay in the office for 24 hours. Yeah? Because they're in the flow. Yes, I'm working hard for the family. But, you know, they're enjoying this working hard business. It's a lot harder to take out two hours and say, honey, let's just, uh, let's just hang out. Let's go to a restaurant where there isn't a big TV screen in the back where, you know, we position ourselves strategically. <laughs> so we are facing the TV screen. Say, so yeah, yeah, well, anything you want, darling, anything. Just order it, order it, order it. Yeah? No, uh, it, it's, it's suffering in the flesh when, uh, when you just chill and, and, and find out what she wants to do and, and, and minister to her. Are you with me? Now, now, that would nourish her. That would cause that, that wife you have to blossom. And, you know, when your wife blossoms, the Bible says that wives will submit to their husbands as unto the Lord. And, and you know, that submission has some really big benefits. Amen. Every husband say amen. amen. Okay. So, um, yes. Now, now uh, naturally, the, the first thing that anyone would say is, well, what about me? Um, Pastor, we'll talk about the women now. You know, well, um, you know, it's interesting that Jesus um, Jesus was asked the same question by Peter. You know, the Lord was talking to Peter and he said, you know, he said, Peter, um, feed my lambs. And, and he then began to tell Peter that, um, you know, he was going to die. He, he began to indicate how Peter was going to die. And Peter's first preoccupation was, well, well, what about him? What about John? And Jesus said, you know, just follow me. Yeah. A lot of times we want to focus on the other person's responsibility, but the Lord will rather deal with you first. Amen. So this is going to be about you. Hallelujah. Look at First Peter, uh, we're in chapter 4, look at verse um, chapter 3. chapter 3 verse 7, it says, husbands likewise, dwell with your wives, or dwell with them with what? With understanding, with understanding. Um, It says, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be what? be hindered it says dwell with your wife with understanding you know um a lot of guys find women strange and unpredictable yeah a, a lot of guys find it notice i said a lot of guys okay yeah a lot of guys um um don't understand the the way women operate now the bible says we can dwell with them with understanding. And of course, if you want to understand um, a, um, a woman, or understand anything for that matter, you need to submit yourself to instruction and learning. Uh, but the Bible says that we can understand her. We can understand um, her love language. Um, we can understand her ways. We can understand her moods. Um, you know, you, you might understand that um, after a while, that there are certain periods of the month when you want to give her some distance. Yeah. It may not apply to every husband, but um, there are certain husbands that don't recognize that, you know, the reason why she's uh, unapproachable at certain times of the month is because of certain things that might be going on in her body, and she needs some distance, all right? So don't make, don't get into an argument during that period, because if you do, um, she might say things that she doesn't really mean, and it can end up, you can make decisions during that period that will destroy your life, And you don't realize that uh, a a hormonal uh, reason might be the root cause of it. Are you with me? It says, dwell with your wives with understanding. But where I'm going to is the next verse, which says, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel. It says, give her honor as the weaker vessel. Notice it didn't say, give her honor as the weaker person. It didn't say the wife is a weaker person. It says she is a weaker, what? A weaker vessel. And as a result, give her honor. You know, in 1 Corinthians 12, the Bible says that there are certain parts of your body that we give more honor to because they are more delicate. Yeah? Um, for instance, your eyes are very important, aren't they? But, but the, Bible, the, the, the Lord has ordered the body such that if somebody is putting uh, starts trying to poke their hand into your eye, your eyelids naturally cover it to protect it. Yeah? Your eardrums are very delicate, aren't they? Yeah? But the reason why they're way down there in the, in your ears is for protection because they are delicate. They're important, but they're delicate. Now, of course, some of you trying to, you know, get out of the wax in your ears and shoving the, uh, the, the cotton bud in your ear have realized that the eardrums can get damaged, all right? Uh, this is football season, so the guys would relate to this. You know, guys consider themselves very, I mean, you know, they, they have a lot of body parts that are of virtue. You know, we, we dress up, we, we comb our hair, uh, but it's always very amusing when there is a, um, when there's an indirect free kick, and they have to create the wall, <laughs> yeah. <They're laughs> all, ladies, if you never watch football, this would this warrants, uh, you know, some, some TV time. You know, they're standing there creating the wall, and guess what? They not They are very specific. <laughs> About well, you know, so so, so there the, are the certain parts we give honor to, right? There are certain parts that we give a lot of honor to because they are very important, yeah? Now, notice the Lord says that, recognize that your wife is the wicker vessel, so give her extra honor. You know, a woman is built delicately, yeah? A woman is built delicately, and as a result, a woman is not meant to be handled roughly like a guy is handled roughly. I mean, guys, you know, uh, you know, we can shove each other, we can... No, women are meant to be handled, what? Trying to help you guys today. Women are meant to be handled delicately. They're not meant to be shoved, prodded, yanked, and pushed. Yeah? As a matter of fact, well, maybe we'll do this offline. But, you know, there's certain times when, you know, if you grab your wife the way you feel, you might end up hurting her rather than giving her pleasure. Everybody here. yeah. And men need to, need to learn how to handle their wives delicately. Yeah? The suffering you experience by handling her delicately when you're under pressure is what is going to ultimately lead to pleasure for you both. I say, well, pastor, you know, I handle her however I want and she's fine with it. Well, that's the reason why she has a, a lot of headaches all the time. <laughs> you think she's fine with it, but she's not. Okay. It says that the wife is the wicker vessel and she be handled delicately. But then let's go on. And as heirs, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. That wife you have is on the same level as you before God. She's an heir together. Have you not read that in the beginning, he made them male and female? Now, now, how does the way I treat my wife impact my prayer life? And I'll, I'll tell you how. You know, when you got married, and um, your wife's parents brought her before the altar, and, you know, they say, who gives this man to be married to this woman? And her father says, I do. And he hands her over. Okay? And prior to that, that um, the, the, the ceremony, the, the dad would have said, listen, you are going to your husband's house. Once you leave, your room is no longer going to be available to you. We are changing to a games room. All right? Uh, your siblings start listen, sister, Bye-bye, because I'm I have an eye on your room. If you have a, a disagreement, Daddy says, Listen, we will listen, but don't come back home. Alright? I am handing you over to your husband. Everybody here. Okay. Now, when when um when your dad handed you over, okay, and you did it in church, right? You did it before God, or you didn't register wherever you did it, the Lord was there. Okay? And when your father handed your wife over to you, the Lord did not relinquish the relationship he has with her as her father. Now, her her, her parents may have handed her over, but the Lord hasn't relinquished his relationship. So you are married to a daughter of Jesus. And you know, the father who sees all things, and knows all things sees how you are handling his daughter all of a sudden i see i feel fear in the house yeah your your fa- the the father sees how you are handling his daughter now there is no way you can rough handle my daughter and come to me and i wouldn't want uh, and come to me to discuss business and i wouldn't want to have a conversation about my daughter have you noticed that sometimes when, you are, when, you are, when someone has offended you and you, know, you, you treated them harshly and you, know, you just treated them any way you wanted because you felt justified and then you forgot about it because, you know, hey, they deserved it after all. And then later on you go to pray. You're praying about something else. You know, you're praying about um, increasing your job. And you're praying the spirit. Hallelujah. Moshe, gidi, bada, tuk, 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 and all of a sudden in your heart this thought just comes up and you remember the person you dealt with harshly and you're pushing it out and thinking okay here 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 you know and you fast and you pray and all along as you are as you are doing all that all that is coming up in your heart is this person you dealt with yeah now what is happening the lord is is saying to you yeah that you know you want to talk about this yeah, yeah I'll talk about it with you but let's deal with this issue first no, no, Lord, I want to deal with that later. No, I will deal with it. I want to deal with it now. Yeah. Now, what the Bible is saying is that if you don't handle her delicately, if you don't regard her and measure her as a co-heir with you, and you handle her harshly because God has blessed you with greater physical strength. Yeah. It is going to hinder your prayers. All right. Hey. Hey. It's what it's. You read it right. It's going to hinder your prayers. It's going to get in the way because the Lord will want to deal. No, let's deal with this thing first because He sees and He knows. He knows how you are dealing with His child. You know. Um, but you might say, Pastor, so what do I do? I'm getting quite frustrated. What do I do when I'm doing what I feel is right, but the girl is not, she's not responding. She's not responding. Now, that there, there, you know, I'm, I'm going to, I really want to dedicate a service to talk to the women or to the wives and, and, and teach what the word of God says about how a wife should, should submit to her husband. Um, but, but the, the admonition I will, have, I will give to the men is that we should begin by taking a leaf from Jesus. Okay? Because, you know, we have a lot, can, you can decide, you can, you, you can do whatever you want to do, ultimately. Ultimately, you're going to do what you decide to do. Yeah? But you don't want to win the battle and lose the war. I remember saying this to somebody recently. You, you don't want to win the battle and lose the war. Yeah? You don't want to, you know, you don't want to say, okay, that's it now. You know, you slap her around. I've been trying to walk in love, but, you know, you're obviously not responding to that. So, shove or you, 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 you resort to other things. Uh, because when you do that, yes, for a brief moment, you might feel, yes, yes I'm justified. But you will end up losing that which you desired in the first place. Alright, now now, there, there, there is no way you as a man or you as a husband or even you as a wife are going to enjoy a happy marriage and not suffer in the flesh. It's impossible because Jesus suffered in the flesh and he commanded us to arm ourselves with the same mind. Are you with me? It means that if we're going to follow his lead, then how did Jesus respond when or how does Jesus respond when we don't respond to him. What does he do? Guys? Oh no, by the way, high life is interactive, right? It's not a monologue. Yeah, it, we, we 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 do you know, we do chat about stuff. Um how how does he how does he respond? Let's take a leaf from Jesus Christ. Anybody at all? Pardon? He still loves us, doesn't he? That, that was very difficult to say, wasn't it? It's like, even in the, he, st- he, still, he still loves us. He still loves us. He focuses on love. That is where he puts his focus. And over time, we begin to respond to his love. We begin to respond. It takes time, but we begin to respond to his love. So the question is, are you man enough to do that? You know, I'm going to re- um, end by reading a, somebody sent me this and I thought it was very funny. This was a letter from a a woman to um, the IT technical support guy. She writes a letter saying, Dear tech support, last year I upgraded my boyfriend 5.0 to husband 1.0 and I noticed a distinct slowdown in the overall system performance, particularly in the flower and jewelry applications which op- operated flawlessly under boyfriend 5.0. In addition, husband 1.0 uninstalled many other valuable programs, such as Romans 9.5 and personal attention 6.5, and installed undesirable programs such as News 5.0, Money 3.0, and Cricket 4.1. Conversation 8.0 no longer runs. And house cleaning 2.6 simply crashes the system. <laughs> Please note that I have tried running NAGIN ni- 5.3 to fix these problems, but to no avail. What can I do? So tech support responds and says, dear madam, first, keep in mind, boyfriend 5.0 is an entertainment package. <laughs> While Husband 1.0 is an operating system, <laughs> please enter command thought you loved me HTML and try to download tier 6.2. And do not forget to install Guild 3.0 update. If that application works as designed, Husband 1.0 should then automatically run the applications Jewelry 2.0 and Flowers 3.5. However, Remember, overuse of the above application can cause husband 1.0 to default to silence (laughs) 2.5. Or BS 6.1. Please note that BS 6.1 is a very bad program. (laughs) And that will download the snoring loudly beta. (laughs) Whatever you do, do not under any circumstances, install mother-in-law 1.0. It runs a virus in the background. (laughs) that will eventually seize control of all your resources. (laughs) In addition, please do not attempt to reinstall the Boyfriend 5.0 program. These are unsupported applications and will crash (laughs) Husband 1.0. In summary, Husband 1.0 is a great program, but it does have limited memory and cannot (laughs) learn new applications quickly. (laughs) You might consider buying additional software to improve memory and performance. We recommend getting involved with Cooking 3.0 and Cute Look 7.7. Good luck, madam. You know, <laughs> I thought it was very funny. Um, now, now, guys, you know, um, the Lord is is, um, is on our side. The Lord wants to help us. The one, Lord wants us to enjoy our marriages. Um, you know, and, 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 and I have... You know, I've swung the pendulum to the other side because, unfortunately, over the years, everyone has pointed to the wives as the ones that determine what happens. You know, they say that you know, women—if you took good care of your husband, he wouldn't—he wouldn't do any—he wouldn't misbehave. Yeah, they—they um, they put the responsibility solely on women. You know, women—you—you—you you, you determine the atmosphere in the house. Women—you do this. Women—you are responsible, and, and that is not true from the word of god as christians uh we need uh, not to be conformed to the world but be transformed by the renewing of our minds and the way our minds can be renewed or the only way our minds can be renewed is going to the word of god and seeing what god has to say yeah the man is the head of the wife the man is the head of the home as christ is the head of the church so as men we want to follow that example um but please um this is not balanced um, I, am, I am unfolding this. And next week, we are going to dedicate the whole service to talking about wives and their role in this relationship. And it's together. Remember, Ephesians 5.21 says, submitting to one another in the fear of God. There is submission to the wife. Everybody talks about submission to the husband, but there is submission to the wife. And the way we submit to the wife is by loving her as Christ loved the church. Th- that is the submission to the wife. Yeah, is by taking the first step like Jesus did, but then there is wife submitting to her husband. Yeah, it's funny, and I'll just say this to close: it's funny that when the Bible says husbands your wives, um, the word love there is agape. Yeah, and agape is self-giving and 60 other person's highest good. It's, it's sacrificial love. You know, the only place that the Lord says uh, wives love your husbands uh, is in Titus two four, where um, where the Bible says that. Um, um, Older women should teach younger women how to love their husbands, but the word "love" there is the Greek word "phileo," which is um, a friendly affection. You can't have phileo for somebody with somebody who is not seeking a relationship with you. Yeah, phileo is a is is a love among friends. Are, are you with me? Yeah, but you can't have phileo with somebody who is not seeking a relationship with you, and, and that is why, you know why the the husband and i'm not saying that the wife is not meant to be self sacrificing in her love but the onus begins with the man yeah the onus begins with the man and that's why you are the man that's why you're the man amen that's why you are the man that's why you are the head of the home that is why you are like jesus christ amen well let us pray father thank you so much for your word your word never puts us in bondage Your word always makes us free. Your your word always makes us free. Father, I pray for every husband in this house. I pray for every husband in this this house. Lord, I ask you to strengthen them with might by your spirit in the inner man. Lord, you you know the battle men and husbands are going through. Lord, we ask for grace for the men. We ask for the oil of joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. God, we ask you to strengthen them on the inside. We ask you to give them blessed relationships with other men so that they can can sharpen each other through their effective faith. Lord, we pray for our men. Let them be good leaders in their homes. Let them be good husbands for their wives. Let them be good fathers for their sons and daughters. Lord, we want our homes to reflect the glory of God. Inspire our men, O God, that we may lay hold of the vision that you have so clearly demonstrated in your walk in the earth. Lord, we give you thanks in Jesus' name. You know